What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and I got my good friend, the writer and co-creator, whoa, whoa, look at that cup, uh, of the Godfo universe. It is Dan the Man Evans. How are you doing? What's up, everybody? I'm sure you've never heard anybody say Dan the Man. Never. Or Daniel's son. <laughs> That's funny. I, you know what, man? I grew up in an era, when you know this, because you're you know about a year younger than me, mm-hmm. where my name's Daryl, and I always heard, how's your brother Daryl and your other brother Daryl from that stupid <laughs> show, you know, from yeah, that when we were kids? Yeah. That's almost gone away now, you know? It wasn't and, as popular. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going away. But now, I mean, Daniel's son, that, that was a big deal. Karate Kid, I'm sure growing up, that, mm-hmm. you were Daniel's son everywhere. Yeah, and thank, thankfully the Cobra Kai, it's come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a resurgence of the Daniel's son. <laughs> So, well, I uh, want to give you a shout out. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, we, yeah. Our initial conversations, we're going to talk about Black Adam. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about Black Adam today. We're also going to talk about the Godfell universe. We're going to talk about you being a YouTube sensation and a content creating master. Like <laughs> every day, my little notification is up. I'm like, oh man, like new Godfell. Oh, new Godfell. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so I have been, uh, you are up there in my top three that I listen to weekly now. That means a lot. So Thank I you. I definitely appreciate it. You had a guy on the other day. I don't remember his name, but he dropped the F-bomb a lot. And he, uh, Chris, Chris yes. is vengeance. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That Chris one. is hilarious. I almost said Chris, <laughs> but I was like, Oh, I'm going to make sure I'm not listening to this God whenever the kids are around. Cause oh, I'm sorry. Boy was, he was going off about comic skate. And I'm like, yes, yes. those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's a bad thing. I think I don't even know anymore. It depends. It's comics get it bad. It's comics get good. I don't know. I am not involved in it because I wasn't there for it. Um, I've met people that love it, and I've met people that it were burned by it. Yeah, I stay out of it because I mean I don't like to me a lot of that stuff. Like unless people, because there are people that were legitimately involved on both sides of that stuff that were hurt by each other. Yeah, but if but when it's just people talking smack about each other, I'm not a 12 year old girl, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I miss all the good gates. I miss Watergate. I miss Comics Gate. I miss Gamergate. You know, Golden uh, Gate. Golden. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that one. I was around for Obama Gate. So mm. <laughs> I was too, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm um, trying to get. I'm trying to get six videos out a week, taking Sunday off. Um, I mean, you just I don't know. Trying to get the algorithm up, basically, and I. I I, I I feel so much better when I get up at four in the morning instead of getting up at eight. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you have inspired me. I told you before we started officially recording that I was thinking about d- doubling my content. You know, because mm-hmm. I already do. I do the weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. I do a minimum of two bonus episodes of the podcast for the Patreon. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, Loot Bros Podcast Patreon. Um, I do the uh, Super Loot Bros episode, which this week, this month's episode I think is really cool, personally. And this will go live right before the episode drops. But we had a conversation at the tail end of our recording last week where one of my guests, um, he asked, what is the weirdest experience you ever had meeting someone mm-hmm. to like buy and sell video games and stuff? And I got to tell a cool, disgusting story. But leading up to that, I... I <laughs> One of my most recent experiences, and actually the latest video I dropped on uh, Resident Daryl's YouTube channel, where my son and I were out at the flea markets, 
there's this this group and they're having this whole conversation. This guy was trying to sell someone a, a watch and saying it was it was Putin's personal watch. <laughs> he's like, I'm telling you, that was Putin's personal watch. <laughs> you can hear part of it in the video. So I throw up a text on the screen that says the, the Russian conversation. That's a, that's a Russian watch. That's Putin's personal watch. <laughs> but I, the conversation got me thinking about how. Like walking in public, like especially in a place like the flea market where people are talking, negotiating, haggling. It reminds me of like in the movies and stuff when you're like people are downtown, like a like a market, like a like a I guess like a Times Square. It seems like in the bigger cities, people aren't actually talking to each other, trying to avoid talking to each other. Mm -hmm. But in a place where there's like a you know like a a lot of traffic, a lot of people haggling. In the flea markets, you're walking through there, and it's like walking through a Grand Theft Auto game because <laughs> conversation on both sides can be so wild. Like, mm -hmm. and this is, I, t I talk about this a little bit more in depth on the on the Super Loot Bros episode this week, but it's like one minute you got this person talking about politics. Over here, there's this guy trying to sell someone Putin's personal watch <laughs> from Russia. And then over here, you got somebody freaking out out because of something that I mean the other day there was these two women fighting over a table which don't get me wrong I about got into it with a guy over a table the other day myself <laughs> but like they were fighting over a table and they just sell plushies <laughs> just like this is so good this is this is as cultured as you could possibly be <laughs> so. What you but just yeah. described is the reason I don't live in a big city. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, dude. So if it wasn't for the fact that this world is so... Okay, I don't want to live in a big city either. I, mm. I can't. Yeah, I want. As a matter of fact, my wife and I were walking around the neighborhood today talking about how our next move is lots of land and getting away from everybody. You got a guest in the room? No. Uh, yeah, but it's fine. No, it's all good. You See, here on the Loot Bros Podcast, we welcome all the guests. <laughs> is it a no, child is or is it a spouse? Uh, we had a friend living with us right now. Okay, so both. <laughs> awesome. All right, but uh, I don't even know where I was going with all this. Oh, so uh, anyways, you've inspired me to double up my content. I, I told you I've got enough in the can to drop two videos a, a week on YouTube. But I know there's going to come a day where I'm going to be thin on one of the two. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? If you can do six, I can at least do two. So here you go. You heard it first here, guys. Loot Bros Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to double my content to keep up with Dan. A big thing that I found that helps is like, we'll do like one and a half to two hour podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I can cut up like interesting yep. sections into clips. Yes. Yes. Yep. Are, so that's helpful. Are you doing lot. shorts yet? Yeah. Shorts basically. I haven't done any shorts I've, yet. I've, I've done one. I didn't really like it, but you know. That's what the algorithm wants. So that's what the algorithm gets. <laughs> that's what I keep reading. And so I've got enough. I've got enough footage right here on my old GoPro. I hadn't even plugged it up yet to take the footage off. But I actually just this past two this past week I filled up a sixty four gig memory card and I'm almost <sighs> filled up a second one. So that's nice. how much footage I've got. But yeah. I went to the Goodwill Bin store. I don't know if you've ever been to a Goodwill Bins mm -hmm. before. It's essentially they take those giant pallets, those Gaylords. You know, mm -hmm. and they <laughs> dump them in. Well, they actually don't, they don't even dump them. They just line the room up with them. But they've got bins that they dump them in, mm -hmm. and they you, they freak. You go in there and you fill up trash cans full of stuff. And then you weigh it and you pay by the pound. Oh gosh, yeah. So I was there this past week, and 
Dude, the footage is amazing. When you see it, like, I might actually move that up to be one of my most recent videos that I like, one of my more current videos that I dropped because it was just, mm-hmm. just so cool. I mean, you had uh, me at Gaylord, Gaylord <laughs> Falker. <laughs> but, but so they there was these people there who apparently were arguing with the lady who runs the bin store. Then this other person met me in the other. There's a retail side. There's the bin side. So I go on the retail side, and this other person. Um, was like saw the camera on me, and it was like, "Excuse me, sir." And I was like, "Yeah, can I help you?" <laughs> and they're like, "Is that a camera?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's a giant GoPro strapped to my chest. Of course it is." And uh, so, did you film what happened over there? And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And apparently, there was some kind of altercation where the supervisor was speaking to the customers as if they were dogs. And they were. This person was trying to get me to, um, get I guess, involved in something. Yeah, that I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything about that. But I think I've got enough of the commotion, the interaction with the supervisor, because she talked to me like about it, which I had no idea what was going on. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. Here, I found a Wii Fit board. Let's go, twenty five cent. And then, uh, and then this interaction here. So I think I got enough footage to make a short. And mm-hmm. call it drama at the Goodwill bins or something like that. <laughs> and I think I, I think I got I, I can make a clickbaity little <clears throat> short that might get me a get me a, a view or ten. Yeah, like I think that I have enough of these people's trauma to cash in on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal, and that's the goal. And see, that's another thing too is like I I, I, I wish I, I've got to be very intentional, and I'm not an intentional cameraman. So I, I literally hate being on camera. So. Putting a GoPro on my chest and facing the floor is like the ideal way for me to film things. Yeah. So I got, I got, I was thinking if, what if I could film or record the conversations going on at the flea market, make shorts out of that. This is Putin's personal watch flown <laughs> all the way from Russia right here to the flea market in South Carolina. 20 bucks. Somehow magically. <laughs> I got to figure it out. That's the code I have to crack. Cause I'm telling you, there's, like there's a line, and I said this on the Super Loot Bros episode. If you walk through Grand Theft Auto Three, there's a line, especially down there. You know where uh, you played Grand Theft Auto Three, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, San so Andreas. You, yeah. So, you, so you know where you get the Banshee, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Corvette or you know, whatever. I don't even know if there's really a Corvette. I don't know what you like in that too. Maybe the Stingray Corvette. But either way, <laughs> there's that one car lot where you get the Banshee. But if you're walking down the street, almost every time you can hear someone yell out. My mother's my sister. <laughs> it's like one of the best lines ever. And like I'm just like downtown Sumter. <laughs> that's Gaston. <laughs> uh, but yes, my mother's my sister. So I, I like that's what the flea market is to me. If, if I just go and I listen in, I feel like I'm in a Grand Theft Auto game, and and I want to I want to take that, I want to bottle it up and give that to the world because there's magic there. You want to encapsulate, uh, or you you want to um, distill Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. I went to a flea market way out in the uh, Nisus area. I don't know if you're familiar with Nisus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I went out there to to the Springfield Nisus Orangeburg area, and I walked those flea markets a couple weeks ago. That footage is still to come. And dude, I, the amount of guns and the amount of like just cool conversation happening dude selling socket wrenches tool fishing gear and shotguns 
I mean, it's like a one shop. It's a one stop shop right there. It's like yeah. right across the street from the bootleg DVDs. <laughs> I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> we need a video game about this. GTA flea markets. Well, it's like I've said this before, but it's so true. It's, it's why I couldn't get into The Walking Dead is because it took place in like Atlanta, Georgia. It's, like, it's just like that, like like Grand Theft Auto. You like, dude, you guys want to get crazy, man? Like, come, come, like, come to like some parts of the South, like on yeah. a Saturday morning, and try to like <laughs> try to like haggle some old lady for like something you want. That's right, dude. That's right. I had a chick try to try to sell me a PlayStation Two, no controls, no con- connections for forty bucks. I was like, she was mad. I said no. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm good. You're like, I know you stole this. Like. <laughs> Hey man, I had some tweakers sell me a PS2 um for a dollar the other day and a, a Nintendo 64 with the expansion pack for three bucks. Did it work? Yes, they both worked. And I sold them both. Like it was awesome. <laughs> it was crazy. This is before I knew you were looking for that stuff. But yeah, this is this is oh, a yeah, few hit months. Me ago. Up if you got it. Yeah, this is a few, I didn't even start I started recording after this interaction. Like I was like, this is insane. I've got to start recording this stuff. <laughs> Like that was the one right there. I was like, I just walked up to a table and these dudes were like, Hey man, give me a dollar. It's yours. <laughs> man, just, okay. just be sure. Like, just be sure you don't get shot. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, I was listening to a story the other day about how there was some, a gun pulled in the uh, parking lot at the flea market. So I'm always strapped though. If you look at this matter of fact, Oh dude, this is perfect. You see this right here. Yeah. You can't you can't really see it. Let me get hang on. See on the side. All right, for the audio listeners, check it out. So Dan and I, we got our cameras on. And this is my little flea market watch, my little mini mag light. Okay, this is my bag, right? Mm-hmm. All right. This is a um crossover bag. Okay. And I mount my camera to it. But I keep my knives and stuff like that on the side, keep my <laughs> thing. But it's a concealed carry bag, right? So, like, right here on the back. You come, you come strapped. I'm always, always, always strapped. Hang on. I got the I got the button. Anyways, I, I, I'm already dead, but, yeah. Always, <laughs> always strapped. So, it's so funny. So, I got my GoPro on my front and my friggin' 9 on my back. <laughs> And my mag light on the side in case I got to blind you before I shoot you. Just don't be like a cop. Just don't be like a, a cop in a big city and grab the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like. Uh, all right. So, guys, this. What were you about to say? I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you spend that much time at training and you're like, oh, I meant to do the taser. Like, maybe you should look. I mean, <laughs> because you know, they, they look different. <laughs> in the heat of the moment, you know. All right, guys, this is the Loot Bros Podcast. Um, if you like what you hear, please check out our Patreon. We have all kinds of excellent content there. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the Resident Daryl YouTube channel and the Godfo Universe. Dan's yep. going to be getting into what he's been working on. We like to start the show off with a toast. We toast to our Patreon producers uh, for the month of January. We've got Redbeard Rick. We've got Johnny. Sadik, my name is Effing Mayo and MZ Effing Nitro. Thank you guys so much for all your support. Ooh, my favorite part right here, Dan. Before I came on the first time, I just thought you were getting lit like every episode. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, this is as strong as I go. 
sugar-free monster. And I'm on the 12 ounces, not even the 16 ounces. Yep. I got so, a bottle of water and a, and a can of, a can of juice. That's it. Sugar free, sugar free monster sounds like a, it sounds like a Reddit dark hole that you don't want to get. To. <laughs> uh, like, who's well, this guy named sugar free monster that did terrible things to people? I'm sure. <laughs> hey, you know what? Back in the day, Sugar Ray Leonard was a, was a, was a popular boxer. You know, you could, you could pass as, as a boxer. Sugar sugar free free monster. monster. <laughs> <laughs> or that could be the, um, you, so you know, in prison, like not all of the uh, male on male uh, sexual encounters are consensual. Just, can, yeah, <laughs> sugar free monster could be the guy that's only doing it for territorial purposes. Like he's not into and it, but he's just got to show you who the balls is. I ever tell you the story of uh, my buddy that was a correctional officer in a uh, what are they called? Uh, well, honey buns. He was like, it was always the uh, the new guys. They'd be like, they'd come in, and all the the veterans be like, "Hey man, here's a honey bun." Like they don't they don't really hand these out. And of course, like three hours later, he comes back and he's like, "Where's my honey bun?" Oh. <laughs> and if you don't have it, <laughs> you got you got to touch my wiener. You, you got to you got to give it back. <laughs> oh gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so every time your honey bun, I think of that. Ugh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna enjoy those like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh alright well Dan uh, what we like to do here on the Loot Bros podcast is not only do we talk about honey buns and whether or not Sugar Free Monster is or isn't a sexual predator uh, but we like to talk about video <laughs> games and what we've been playing now I know you've been really busy making music making content and conquering YouTube but have you oh, had yeah. time to play any games lately uh, I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Okay. I played, uh, I broke out Revolution X on the Super Nintendo. Going oh, old school. I, yeah, I love that game. That's the, the one that's like sponsored by Aerosmith or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Majora's Mask. I'm going back through. I still have my original save file from when I was like 12 and didn't beat it. So fun. I'm trying to finally do that. Ocarina of Time. I, I found my my old save file where I was trying to beat the entire game on three hearts. And I'm at the Shadow Temple, so past Dan was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sing, single childless Dan was really good at video games, apparently. <laughs> oh, old man Dan that doesn't have the reflexes he used to. He's not uh he's not faring so well. Yeah, that's about it, man. I've, I've been working on a video game every morning. Like making one, <laughs> dude. You know what? How's that coming? I know that Josh was like, we, you and I were talking about doing the um, South Carolina Horror Con, mm-hmm. and Josh was like, "Yeah, won't you just whip up a demo and have it ready by then?" <laughs> yeah, I'll have a demo ready, so you'll get, actually get to play it. Oh, that's dope. I plan, I'm going to bring it there. Um, I'll probably have the entire skeleton of it done by then. It's going to be twelve dungeons with about nine to twelve rooms each. Kind of very uh, old school Zelda y, like Dungeon Crawl. Mm-hmm. It's half bullet hell, half puzzle. It's really cool. I don't want to give it away too much, but. Sounds like my sex sh- life. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should have like all the rooms made by September. And then, of course, you, it's like a book. You go back through and edit it like six different times and fix everything and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I've got a wonderful guy 
uh, from my band named John Seal, who does all the scoring for our short films that are on YouTube. Okay. We only have we only have one up right now, but he's going to score the entire game, and he's like a. Well, you got to have him on to talk about horror. Like that dude is a horror yeah, movie buff. Let's do this. Let's get it set up. Yeah, I was going to offer. If you need any uh, contributions in music, let me know. Oh yeah, I'll definitely hit you up because I need I need all the help I can get in everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean even tra- trailer music, anything like that. Trailer park music. Trailer. <laughs> I mean, hey, <laughs> can you give me some of that. Hey, I did a little uh, acoustic number for a, a for a country rap rock band one time. <clears throat> I did all. I recorded and mixed their stuff, and uh, they had. You ever heard of Charlie Farley? <laughs> I have not. Well, it, I mean, if you like country rap, then you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did. I that's did what that's stuff. what I've been missing in my life. It, there, there was a time <laughs> where I was like, I can't believe this exists, and I can't believe it's as popular as it is. And this was a time. This was pre put yourself on iTunes, put yourself on Spotify and stuff. Mm-hmm. And actually, this was pre Spotify. So I was in this lull. This is 2012, and I was like, man, my band. We came so close. We just never landed that deal. <clears throat> Here we are. We're disbanded. I've got all this gear. I took all, I just, I started accumulating all the studio stuff and I had like a, a borderline midlife crisis. When I logged in 1000 hours of editing music <sighs> and I was like, what do I have to show for this? A bunch mm-hmm. of crappy songs and, and no band. And I'm like, this sucks. And I was working with a couple of different groups. and <laughs> Can't and, fly, can't fight, <laughs> can't right. crow. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I was working with these guys who were doing a country rap group called Them Country Boys. Mm-hmm. And so they come in there and they're kind of basically paying me like 90 bucks a day to like rent my studio room and for me nice. to work with them. Oh, I was making a killing. I mean, when I did the math, like, like pennies. An hour, pennies an hour for the amount of time I put in it. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm kind of working on them, working on, we're working on their beats and stuff like that. And then I'm like, well, let me get my acoustic. So I'm over here whipping out some acoustic licks. And then I pull the electric out and I get the wah. And I'm like, I'm like coming up with all these little licks and whatever, put it all together. And then they get signed. And I was like, mother, I'm out. <laughs> I sold everything. I, I said, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. I was like, how is my first piece of music on iTunes? <laughs> Country rap contributions. <laughs> a couple of licks I did for them. I was like, thank you. I'm so glad that I didn't even I mean, get It could have been worse. It. it could have been worse. It could have been like a Despacito remix. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't even get a credit for it. So it was, I was oh. like, well, I don't even have that. <laughs> but I know, I know. I know he did that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been playing anything else, Dan? <clears throat> no, nah, man. I don't. I've, I've, oh, past 10 years, I've been a casual gamer. Um, I might pick up the, the, the Switch Pass to play GoldenEye Online because okay. they're finally doing that. And I, I would really like to slaughter some 12 year olds. <laughs> and you can sound bite that and forever and just. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna Dan. play some proximity mines. All of a sudden, Dan's involved in some scandal about most. Uh, I bet, well, but most people that play it now don't know that you can detonate uh, remote mines in the air by hitting like was A and B at the same time. Oh, dude, I don't even remember. <laughs> the, the best thing is just pick odd job. No one can hit you. Oh yeah, There's one shot kills. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I've got three Nintendo Switches in this house, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's time I play some Goldeneye because. 
that was the jam back in the day. Oh yeah. It's it's still a hard game to top. Like it's still so good. It's it's so fun. I, we played with my son. We actually brought out the Nintendo sixty four not so long ago, which by the way, yeah. I'm gonna pour one out. <laughs> my jungle green Nintendo sixty four died. Yes, day for you, sir. RIP. But um, that was the Donkey Kong one, wasn't it? It sure was. It's the Donkey Gone one because I parted it and sold the console. It's a, I sold the console for ninety five dollars. Sold the nice. controller for thirty bucks, and then the games I had, I sold those too. So, uh, but anyways, I mean, we busted out the Nintendo sixty four. I don't know six eight months ago, and an old TV, and and it showed my oldest son the the glory of Goldeneye. We had an absolute blast. Me, him, and my brother. It was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, very few things. I don't know, man. That was that was a whole era right there, like the, the N sixty four and the PS two. Those are really hard games. Those are really hard game systems to beat. Like in general, like man. Anyway, so I yeah, I agree. As a matter of fact, um, <laughs> so I've been and everyone knows because I've been talking about it at nauseum, but I've been buying and selling video games. Mm-hmm. And for the past uh, hardcore for the past probably six months and my collection my personal collection has exploded it's grown so much and the problem is this i go out then and i buy a whole bunch of games right and i'm like i love this era i can't sell these i have to i have to go buy more and sell those and then i go <laughs> buy a bunch of them and i'm like i love that i can't sell these mm-hmm. i started off okay the point of me doing all this was not to become a YouTube reseller. The point of me doing this was not to be to supplement my income. The point of me doing this was to downsize my collection, use my office as an actual adult office, mm-hmm. okay? Not a command center for for you know, this nerd fandom that I have, okay? And then I ended up with like I was like I'm gonna just solely collect PlayStation Vita games and then Resident Evil stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. PS Vita, Resident Evil, the Resident Evil sprinkles across everything, but Vita is a very small, uh, expensive collection of games, and that'll be my thing. And then I was like, but God, I love PSP. I can't sell my PSP stuff. <laughs> so as I'm going through it, I'm like, I can't sell PSP. And then I was like, well. I got like 350 PS4 games. I probably shouldn't sell those because like they're not really worth anything right now because they're on the out. And, and so I need to wait for them to really let that plummet. And then one day there'll be people look for them. So I was like, well, I can't sell PS4. I can't sell PSP and, P- and PS Vita. I was like, but man, PS3 is one of my favorite, favorite consoles ever. <clears throat> and the games that come out for the PS3, I just, I just, oh man, this one's super rare. I just found out that I had this horror game. It's worth a hundred bucks. I can't sell that. <laughs> and then before you know it, I'm like, <laughs> I've got more in this house that I can't sell now than I do things that I can sell because I'm just like, I, well, I, I can't, I can't sell that. I got to sell, sell this over here. So PS2 is getting net. Is, well, my point is I just bought a whole bunch of PS2 games with the mm-hmm. intention of turning around and selling them. Mm-hmm. They're on the no sell shelf right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I want to get a shadow of the Colossus metal gear solid Two. Uh, I got Armored Core too. I need to get Armored Core three, Armored Core Silent Line, like the staples that just I absolutely loved and played over and over and over and over. That's what I've told myself into. Like anything new that I buy has to be like a staple that I'm gonna yeah. keep forever. 
Now, do you need Metal Gear Solid 3? Because I just picked that up. I do not. Okay. I appreciate it. I just, after 2, I didn't care anymore. <laughs> Dude, 3 is awesome. Did you play 3? I did with my brother. I just, I couldn't get into it. Nah, man, it I didn't yeah. play it when it came out. When it first came out, I played with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it, it, like you said, it was just different. It was, it was not, I love 2. God, I love 2. Mm-hmm. 3 was not really my thing. <clears throat> And then uh, four came out. Four, you know, what I played of you know, four was great. Mm-hmm. Five, I didn't finish. Um, but I say all that to say, going back recently in the past couple of years, I played three from start to finish on the Vita. Masterpiece. The game is a masterpiece. It took years for me to, for it to settle in on me and work. Yeah. But dude, it's a, a Metal Gear Solid Two had to grow on me I, I, when I got it. I was super disappointed that they give you the old bait and switch and you didn't mm-hmm. play as a uh, snake, but the controls and the game itself and the gameplay was just, were just so fantastic. I didn't mind that you were playing as riding for, you know, 90% of the game. I was mad about that though. I was still mad. I was like, I wanted to play a snake. Dang it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh the, the bait and switch. It, it, didn't bother me, but I was like, "Oh man, I wasn't expecting that." <laughs> so I still, I still remember exactly how to like beat the the fat man fight in like no time. The guy on roller skates. I, yeah, I remember his pattern. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two. Fun fact: um, my brother, my middle brother, beat Sniper Wolf by shooting a rocket launcher into her trench. <laughs> and that works. I can guarantee you that works. Like he was like, I am not getting in a sniper battle with this chick. Like he just blasted straight through. Her. So what's funny is I heard on a podcast that you could, you could beat the, uh, was it the, the nightmare or whatever on part three? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the sniper battle in, in, in Metal Gear Solid three that if you okay. change the time on your, on your console, you could age him. To where he dies of an old age in the game. Kid you not. I was like, no way. Because how did that work on PS3? You know? But you could go in and change the internal clock and and age him to where he dies of old age and you don't have to battle him. That's funny. Dude, I went and did that on my Vita. I kid you not. My freaking dude died of old age. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Kojima, you are a genius. There's no question. You are so ahead of your time. But it was awesome. He, he, he needs to just go ahead and make a movie. <laughs> yeah, I, it makes you wonder what he's waiting on. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I think he's waiting on movies to be as profitable for him as games are. <laughs> maybe, yeah. It, it, it might be one of those things too. Like, um, mm-hmm. like he's always flirted with it, and when you finally get it, maybe it's not as good as you as you had hoped. Like, for example, the show House, mm-hmm. when Doctor House and Cuddy were always battling it out with that weird sexual tension, it was amazing. The season, like season six or something, like that, when they actually get together, it's abysmal. It's so terrible. <laughs> but it's like we wanted this, and then we got it. I don't want that anymore. I, I yeah, don't want this um, at all. <clears throat> Mulder and Scully, they did that right. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> but um, jumping back into what we're playing, I'm playing a little bit of Dead Space Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, just dead. The Dead Space remake comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow. As of the time of recording, so that you should one, do a first reaction to that. I want to, but I am not buying it yet, and I know that's going to make <laughs> some of my podcast listeners freaking crap a duck. But I have, <laughs> <laughs> I've got this, this is what's on my plate right now. 
I bought the Callisto Protocol, which is made by mm-hmm. the original creator of Dead Space back in December. I still haven't finished it. I have Gotham Knights. I'm almost finished with it. I really, I'm really, really enjoying it. Like having way more fun with it than I should. That's another game that I'm currently playing. Um, I'm playing South Park Stick of Truth for a pledge. <laughs> I'm trying to have that done by the end of February because I, I try to get those done really fast. You know, I don't want my, my pledges to linger for too long. Mm-hmm. And I got the pledge. Get out the cranberries. Yeah. You can't, you can't let it linger. Because <laughs> then they'll be like, did you have to? I mean, did you have to, Dan? <laughs> Nobody else on the show would have got that. You being here is the only reason that worked. Um, that's so good. So I got that one like early November, end of end of October. So I feel like I've already sat on that one too long. And I've, I've already restarted it once. Played the first couple hours twice now. So that's what I'm trying to knock out. But for the game club, we're doing Mass Effect. And so I, I've never beat Mass Effect. So I'm, I'm playing Mass Effect as well. So that's just so much game, you know, and as much as I dead space remake is my most anticipated game of the year, but that doesn't mean I have to play mm-hmm. a day one. I'm just going to, the reviews came out. They were really positive. All the impressions seem to be really good. The game's going to be well, it's going to do well. So I will pick it up. Maybe I'll pick it up tomorrow. Maybe I'll wait, you know, a month or so. Um, my birthday's in February, and my wife always tries to buy me a game, so I might let her buy me Dead Space. Tries to. She tries. She knows I like games, but typically I buy everything I want, so I might let her my buy wife, me that one. My wife bought me, uh, for Christmas, she bought me like a gift card to a jujitsu dojo. I was like, I am not getting in shape just to get my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I watched my son get choked out the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang. <laughs> I'll definitely I'm definitely enrolling my daughter into it when she's old enough. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. I'd love to do it. I just first of all, I'm in god awful shape and like my left arm, I gotta get surgery on this shoulder because like the socket is just warped from like birth. Dang. So it already comes out and of course like some white belt's just gonna grab it and jerk it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pay like three grand to get it back in again. That's right, that's right. Anyway. Now my yeah. wife usually does pretty good gifts. It's just I like to give her hell about the ones that were a miss. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really out of all the things in the world, you got me the thing that hurts my feelings the most. I just like old school anime. That's all I want. On D- like just buy me DVDs of like anime from the nineties. That's all I want. <laughs> Speaking of, let me see. What did I do with it? I'm not, got my flashlight here. I've got a steel book of an anime. One second. Let me, let me get. Uh, I don't have a clue what this is. I got it for Christmas. What does that say? It says Daring or Darling in the in the Fran XX. <laughs> Yeah, uh, darling in, the, yeah, darling in the F R A N X X season one. Man, that could be that could be a number of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I guess it came out on Funimation, but yeah, I've never I've never heard of it. Anyways, my dad knows I collect steel books, and so he's like, "Yeah, it's anime, but it's a steel book. Figured you'd like it." <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, Dad." 
<laughs> and then it's so funny because my kids, we, we make fun of anime here. Um, no, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, if you like anime. Oh, you're not gonna, you're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> okay. So we make fun of anime here. And then um, <laughs> my, kid, I, my kid's like, hey, Dad, what's that? I was like, it's an anime. They're like, ew. <laughs> and that's another video I got coming out. We went to an anime con, right? Me and my son. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, Dad, look, books. I was like, yeah, those are anime books. He's like, ugh. It's like walking off. I'm like, son, this whole place is anime. Where are the anime con? Where are the anime expo? He's like, ugh. He's like, Dad, you know I can't read? He's like, I'm here for Pokemon. You're like, that's an anime. Oh, uh, dude, it's so funny. When I tell them they like anime because they like Pokemon, they're like, no, nah, Dad, we don't, we, don't, we don't do that here. Okay. That's probably pretty good to like keep your kids away from that. Like if I tried to I tried to explain anime to my wife once and I was like, you know what? I'm just not gonna do it. Dude, <laughs> my wife thinks that anime is porn. So it's just like I mean it she's not wrong. So <laughs> it it doesn't help that Tanner, one of my old co hosts on the show, he tried to get me to like anime and so he mm-hmm. turned on Icky Towson, I think is what it was called. Oh god. Yeah. And basically like they get punched in the face and their titty pops out and it's like this mm-hmm. what is this? He's like, and you know what? This he goes. This is probably a bad one to start with. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is this crap? So yeah, one of the one of the one of the best ones to start with is probably a uh, probably Cowboy Bebop or Trigun. Okay, Trigun is literally a western that takes place on a desert planet, and like that's all you need to know going into it. There you go. I started this. This will fold nicely into what I've been playing. But I started mm-hmm. um, uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors 3 on the Vita mm-hmm. this morning. As I told you before, I just I couldn't sleep. I got up at, um, I couldn't sleep last night, so I stayed up really late, and then I got up really early. Um, and I didn't really want to do anything. Like, you ever, you, you know those, those mornings where you're just like, your, <laughs> your mind's racing, but you're not in a good space to do anything productive? Oh yeah, that's kind of how I felt, and I was like, I got tons of editing to do. I've got, I've told you before the show, musical projects, things I need to be knocking out. But I just wasn't, I wasn't in a good space for that. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want to wake anyone up, so I just grabbed my Vita and I was like, you know what? I picked up one piece yesterday from a um, from a local game store. I was like, let's just put it in. Let's just see. I heard some muso. Let's just try it, dude. It's incredible. Like it's not good mm-hmm. because it's one piece because I don't I don't have a clue what's going on. Yeah, uh, and it's not good because the character models because they look terrible. Um, it's good because the combat is so fluid and so fun. I'm just like ah this this I mean who knows this might get me in this might make me like one piece I don't know, but I I put about an hour hour and a half into it this morning and I am loving it like it's. Way better than it's got any right to be. <laughs> Give me just a second. I'll be right back. No, you're good. Take your time. While you're doing that, I'm going to keep talking about what I've been playing. So, um, outside of One Piece, I have been playing, uh, as I said, South Park. I've been playing some some um, Mass Effect, and I got the Platinum Trophy in... The red bow. Now you guys know I love my freaking Vita, and I got the platinum trophy in the red bow on the Vita. This is a like little sixteen uh, bit, eighteen bit um, Vita horror game. It is published by our favorite publisher, Radalika. They are freaking awesome, and this game is 
is super, super dope. So while Dan is gone, I'm going to go ahead and knock out the leaderboards real fast. Xbox leaderboard in first place, we got I'm Styling on Your Bro with 2,520 achievement points. Second place, we have Sadik with 1,025 achievement points. Third place, we have Sony Pony to You with 470 achievement points. Fourth place, The Bearded Nerd with 265 achievement points. And fifth place, we have HJD2011 hashtag 5279 with 250 achievement points he's been playing some rec room so good job good job there and then the loot bros trophy leaderboards we got tricky mick in first place with 165 trophies playing the catch-up story we have affectatious donk in second place with 140 trophies playing some forespoken Third place, we have Steigenwolf 4 with 93 trophies, playing some MotoGP 13 for the Vita. Woo-woo. Uh, fourth place, we have the Grounded Gamer with 56 trophies. And then in fifth place, yours truly, Resident Daryl, with 53 trophies. And the last game I played was One Piece Pirate Warriors 3. So I went ahead and knocked out our leaderboards while you stepped away there, yeah. Dan, so we can get on with the business. Cool. Let's jump into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you wanted to talk Black Adam. You thought oh, yeah. Black Adam was a good showing from DC. DC has been in a spiral over the years, just drowning in controversy and turmoil. <laughs> um, as a hardcore, diehard DC fan, hashtag Restore the Snyderverse, I mm-hmm. have felt like a dog that's just been beaten on for the past few years. I absolutely adore what everything that Zack Snyder was doing. I think that his casting is the best casting that's ever been done next to X-Men Origins Wolverine. Because I think that uh, the Wolverine and Sabretooth are about as good as you can get for those two characters. Um, but I think that you know the Trinity, Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, and Henry Cavill are the just absolute best casting you can put in those for those characters. And I love the stories. I love the art being told. I love the promise of what was to come. Mm-hmm. And then studio intervention after studio intervention, turnovers. It's a dis- freaking disaster. It's a mess. And then we got, you know, some really popular one-offs. We got the Aquaman that was super, super successful. It was a great movie. It was fun. A little popcorn mm-hmm. flick to watch. Shazam was be- way better than it had any right to be. Yeah, I love Shazam. Shazam was good. Shazam, to me, was like what Doctor Strange was. Like, I had mm-hmm. no investment in this character. I, had, I was skeptical about even going to theaters to see it. And when I walked out, I was like, this is possibly one of the best movies in the mm-hmm. franchise. So I love I me. Mean, I've always loved Shazam as a character ever since I read Kingdom Come for the first time. Yeah, yep. and then went back and tried to catch up with the character. But I'd, I'd be you'd be amazed how little there actually is until like the '90s and 2000s. We like there was a huge gap where there was nothing almost. But yeah, um, uh, Zack Snyder I think did more in three movies than Marvel could do in ten. And I mean, I stand by that. I I think that his universe was more coherent. I think it was better. And I think that dude knew how to deal with these beings as gods better than anyone could have. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. I, 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 they only, his movies only get better. When I think back to like a lot of Marvel films, I don't care to ever see them again. Yep. His, his movies only get better. I agree. And I'll take that a step farther to say, like I love every single Marvel movie I've ever seen in the theaters. 
They're excellent popcorn flicks. They're they're mm-hmm. high action. They're good. Uh, they're not they're not the type of movies I want to rewatch a ton. You know, there's mm-hmm. like they're just they're just not for me. That I mean, don't get me wrong. The the way that Marvel has made that franchise those franchises so popular with the characters that they chose to start with because of the licensing issues they faced is is commendable and incredible. And that first eighteen film run was stellar. But after that, after Endgame, I was out, man. Like, I've watched a couple films, and I just, it doesn't have the same allure to it, you know? But Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Zack Snyder's Justice League, I watch those movies. I watch most most weeks all three of those. Mm-hmm. And ever since HBO Max came out, even before that, I would, I own them on Voodoo, I own them visually, I own them physically. Shout out to our good buddy Jared, listener of the show. I just sent him a copy of Batman versus Superman in a package. The ultimate edition? No, I uh I don't even remember actually. I think it's just the regular. The thing is this. He um he just like you, he asked me to look out for some games for him, and I found mm-hmm. one. And so I went to go ship it to him. And I did I use the uh USPS ship service from my PC at home. I usually ship everything through eBay and you get a very significant discount shipping through eBay. When you do the click and ship from home, it was like three and four dollars higher than normal. I was like, geez, that's freaking crazy. I was like, well, I gotta I gotta put more in this dude's box, man. I feel bad that like that's what it costs to ship, you know? I was like, so what can I put in there? But like the the envelope I was using, the bubble mailer, like it'd fit a game in there and then like you have to get one of those thin DVD cases. So what mm-hmm. I did was I've got something I'm doing right now and uh, for my YouTube thing is every time I find a copy of Batman vs Superman or Man of Steel or Zack Snyder's Justice League, I buy it. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm buying them. I bought Man of Steel this past weekend. I've got four copies of um, of uh, BVS in the wrapper still. Like they're not even opened, yeah. but I found them at the flea market and I bought them. That's just like my my promise to Zack Snyder. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And so I, I grabbed one of those copies and I took one of those little thin DVD cases and I folded the label and I put it, I made it fit in there and I've <laughs> stuffed it in. Now we were in negotiating a whole nother game that's super is getting more and more rare. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, all right, you're buying this one, but you're also trying to make a really compelling trade deal for this one. The problem is the two items he wanted to trade me together cost what, this one game is reselling for now, you yeah. know? And it's like, well, trading for one for one, I just don't know that I can do that right now because I can't just go pick this game up, you know? Like, I just, the value proposition wasn't great, even though what he's giving me are brand new, limited run Vita games that I just can't go to the store and buy either. So it's kind of like, for me, it's a win-win. I, either one of them I have possession of. The difference is, one just is it just the value right now is just really high on it. And I'm like, this could go down when the remaster comes out. I don't know. It's a gamble. So at the time I just couldn't make my mind up on what was the better deal for me. So I didn't make a deal, but I, I shipped him BBS stuck behind the saboteur. And I filled up with like, I put like stickers from my band and everything in there. Just whatever Mm -hmm. I could stick in this thing, just to be like, you're going to open this. And there's more than what you asked for, you know? 
And uh, same way a certain somebody does for me when they ship me uh, random packages of yeah. <laughs> of paper mache and and action figures. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad they came in unscathed. Those really scared. They were going to get bro- dude, those busted things up. Are beautiful. Those things are beautiful. That, yeah. that was too kind of you. So I definitely I definitely owe you. But I've already got some. I already the wheels are already turning. So don't you worry. Um, <laughs> but. So he 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 get, he goes grocery shopping and he sees the package. He goes, "There's definitely more than one game in here." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, I threw some extra in there for you." So he goes shopping and doesn't come back, doesn't open it. Gave himself enough time to work the hype up, like, "Oh, dude, I'm gonna open this up and I'm gonna find." He threw in that other game. He put lollipop chainsaw in there. He did it, <laughs> you know. And then by the time he gets there. And gets he's done worked himself up internally, and then he opens it up, and he always gives me hell for liking Batman vs Superman. He always says this movie sucks, this movie's terrible. And so when he opened his package, <laughs> it was Batman vs Superman. <laughs> he was like, "You trolled me. I'm laughing so hard right now. Like my desired effect, yeah. it happened. It was a big win. <laughs> it was awesome. So, uh, but I say all that to say, I watched that movie." All the time, weekly. My wife, it drives yeah, my too. wife crazy because I'll put it on before I go to bed. Like that's what that's what I want on. Mm-hmm. Now I've got Black Adam in the mix. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go there real quick. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of where I, I was. A whole yeah. huge intro of me running my mouth about nothing to say. These are some of my favorite films, mm-hmm. and this was the promise that they were going to bring it back. This was the bridge. This bridge was either going to lead to a restoration of the Snyderverse. Or confirmation that we're done, that there is nothing else. And before this movie came out, which is why I'm doing this whole big lead up, because The Rock himself said, I can't even wait any longer. Henry Cavill is in this movie as Superman. Mm -hmm. We didn't get him in the end of Shazam, but we got his suit. We didn't get him at the end of Peacemaker, but we got his silhouette, you know? So they've been flirting with this whole idea of, are we doing this or are we not? Henry Cavill comes back at the end of October. He does a whole thing on the internet saying, yes, I am back. I am wearing the cape. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for fighting. Two months later, James Gunn Gunn goes, nah, guys, we're doing something completely different. We're getting rid of him. We're doing a younger (sighs) Superman. Yeah. So I go into this movie so deflated. Dan, because I know that I'm going to see him. It's going to it, what it, what that was supposed to do for me. Just it's like I, I just it's like seeing it's like seeing an, an old lover <laughs> with their new lover. <laughs> so I went into the movie with that just deflated lack of hope, and mm-hmm. in any other time that probably would have ruined a movie for me. You know. When I know there's a whole bunch of SJW stuff in a movie that I'm looking forward to watching, and then I get there, I'm like, okay, I'm not able to separate my Mm -hmm. desire to see this movie from my fear of what's going to be in it. You know, like a lot of times it's like, I need to go ahead and get to the part where they do the thing that I don't necessarily like or agree with, or I just need them to do the thing where they're checking their boxes so they can say, look how diverse and inclusive we are and get the bad writing out of the way. And then mm-hmm. I can yeah, I can make a determination whether or not I can enjoy the film or the game. And that's a me problem, I know. But I went into this film mm-hmm. just with that level of just deflation, you know? And I walked away freaking loving it. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. This was good. This could be something. So now I want to turn it over to you. I really liked it, first impressions. <laughs> I thought it was really good. <clears throat> 
it's a uh, it's officially my first dad movie. <laughs> okay where is that movie that you watch like a million times and no one understands why and then the kids are like he's just crazy but that's how my dad was with the underworld movies he had like all of them yes and i don't know i stuck i couldn't figure it out it's like these movies aren't great but but he loves them (laughs) i saw black adam and that's the first movie in years that i saw in the theater that made me feel good (laughs) because i was like that was two hours of dudes in the sky punching each other. Yeah. Like dragon, like dragon ball Z. Um, like doctor, I loved, I could, I could gush about this movie. I saw it six times in theaters. I mean, I only paid to see it once because <laughs> the, th- the theater down the road for me is, is run by like modern teenagers, like Billy Eilish teenagers, not like James Dean teenagers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just walk by them and they don't say anything. They're too busy looking at Instagram <laughs> and Snapchat. Yeah. They're too sad. And too frail. <laughs> Did you see the they haven't, they haven't, episode of my they haven't, eat, they haven't eaten meat in like two years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, these kids have never gotten spanking before. So. But anyway, man, I, I can't say enough about it. I mean, there are parts of it that has its flaws. Like I know the editing, like, like there's there's jump cut editings mm-hmm. in, like where they're arguing in the ship, yeah, and little stuff like that. But I mean, dude, it was like to me, it was like the perfect synthesis of DC and with Marvel humor in a good way. Yep. I mean, I'll just start from the beginning, like. It has one of the coolest character like, hero introductions ever. Like when he appears and he like just kills all yeah. his dudes. Yes. It's one of the coolest looking things I've ever seen. And it's like, and then it's just, I mean, the rock fills out the suit. He's huge. Yep. He's massive. He's, he fits the part so well. I know. And then it's like, it's right after it's, and it's just, it's action, 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 action. It's just. To me, I love the fast paced of it. Like it's so fast paced. It does not stop. Nope. It does not slow down. The guys who played, I mean, I gotta I gotta applaud the rock for taking a step back and letting Pierce Brosnan and, and um Dang. Aldous Hodge just kill it as Hawkman. Hawk Hawkman, I had never cared about Hawkman before, and now he's one of my favorite characters ever on screen because Hodge killed it. Like When's the last time you saw like a super masculine hero on screen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was he was decent. Um, I, th- I think he did a good job in the role. I just think yeah. that the role they had him playing was a little odd for me. Um, that was one of my big hangouts with the with the with the movie. Not that he was a bad Hawkman, but Hawkman as the leader having the weird negotiations with people, but then also doing the you and me in the ship. You know, like yeah, I love I loved that. He had the he had the humor too, and and yeah. I've never seen Hawkman portrayed like that as like the leader. I, I know of a, of a group. He was the leader of the GSA. Just, like I know that like, canonically he was, but I mean I'm with you. But that's what made me love it. I was like, this is the this guy is awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, me, the ship. But yeah, I, I just I, I I enjoyed it, man. I thought the casting was really good. I had no idea. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I've read some JSA. I've never read JSA mm-hmm. with Hawkman in such a production. I hadn't role. either. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think, I feel like Hawkman, he was portrayed in Constantine, wasn't he? 
I don't think so. No, is, there's a there's a Hawkman story where him and or is it? Oh, I, I thought you meant the the Keanu Reeves movie. No, I'm sorry. I think it's the show. The, the show. Okay. Cause he, then yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. And maybe maybe it's not the show. I'm trying to think because he I mean, he is mystical. Because you have him. Because basically, he, his thing is he he dies and Hawk Girl mm-hmm. they die they reincarnate and then they always mm-hmm. find each other again. Yeah. And they don't know why they're attracted to each other, and then they kind of always figure it out, and then they die, and they do it again. He was portrayed in live action, and I thought that was really good, but I always saw him as more of a side character. In this movie, mm-hmm. they put him up front, which I don't, I don't, I didn't disagree with. I just was, I didn't recognize that role for him, and I thought it was very interesting. I thought that that guy played a very like Tony Stark type of character, you know, where he's like. I, I'm I'm a pretty important dude. I've got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of tech. Also, I got to keep you children in line here. But also, mm-hmm. I, I could just go fight this guy right now, and I could probably win. Um, so I definitely I thought that they borrowed that Robert Downey Jr. role a little bit. Swagger. Yeah, yeah swagger is definitely the best way to put it. De- definitely, and it worked. But dude, Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate. Oh man, that just killed it. worked, man. That worked yeah. so. I could watch a whole Doctor Fate movie. Mm-hmm. Like he just, I, I didn't realize that's what I needed. <laughs> you know, I know that that's what it was so surprising because, like, when I read initially read like the synopsis for it, I'm like, oh man, Doctor Fate, that's a weird combination, you know, in the fight. Black Adam, I was like, nope, you can't really fight Black Adam. He's like a Superman level threat. Yeah, but they did that. They went with that. And uh, I didn't know they were going to do Sabak, which I thought was cool. Um, I don't. I mean, you really couldn't have had Shazam in this. You know, that would have been a little too weird. Of, uh, I, I, I got a lot to say about this movie. Do it. I I I don't know, man. I I absolutely loved it. And I I loved the Hawkman character because it was he was driven, strong, like headstrong too. And dead set on his goal, like it was. He he was almost he almost had like a Batman vibe, except during the day. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean I don't remember the last time I saw like a other than maybe Batman v Superman. I don't remember the last time I saw a hero like that. Like it wasn't some deconstruction thing. He he never doubted what he was doing. Like even when the goal ultimately changed. It was just cool seeing a manly dude on screen for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I I, I totally agree with that. Um, I there's just a lot, and I'm gonna nerd out a little bit. Go for it. That movie did the question: What is a hero better than any superhero movie I have seen? The what took Tony Stark like ten movies to get to, which was you know, which Captain America did at the beginning, but it asked it asked the question: What is a hero? And it didn't deconstruct it. It's it's. Ultimately, it presented Black Adam, which his idea of a hero was his son, which was, you know, a champion chosen by the guys because he comes from an old world, which is kings and champions are the avatars of the gods. Um, Hawkman, which is the antithesis, comes from, you know, you serve a higher justice, a higher authority on Earth, which was Amanda Waller in this case. Or which I thought was Walker Waller. That's another yeah. throw tie in to the Snyderverse. Mm-hmm. Like they use her. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, she's the perfect Waller. She is so mm-hmm. unlikable. Like, yeah. as that character, like you hate her guts. Yeah, she kills it. And she embodies. 
bodies Waller. Like that woman, it's a grand slam every time she takes that role. She's so freaking good <laughs> at it. Like it's like I love I love her, but I'm like God. I hate this woman so much. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Well, it's like the kid that the kid that played Joffrey. It was like after the first episode, the director was like, "Everybody hates you. Good job." <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, uh, you got him. So you have this kind of like neoliberal worldview of, you know, of American imperialism. I hate to say it like way, but I mean, that's what it is versus this old world God King kind of view. And because that Black Adam is just killing people left and right. And his whole thing is, you know, let the gods decide because that's the world he comes from. Right. And, you know, Hawkman's like, you know, you know, extrajudicial killings and they put them head to head like literally head to head and you see their worldviews clash and you see them and they don't lose respect for each other. Like in fact, they only gain it more because by the end, I'm going to spoil it for people. They film the film answers. What is a hero with Dr. Fate sacrificing himself for other people? And that's what the two worldviews, that's the universal. And I hate to go into like a religious thing, but I mean, that's, that's the, the potency of Christianity is the God that, was willing to die for everybody. Yep. And, but that's what universally is accepted as a hero is whether we, wherever we go from there, what, what makes a hero is the person who sacrifices themselves for other people. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, that sounds so cheesy. I thought, I thought that was beautiful. I thought they, they really better than any superhero movie I've seen in a long time. Answered, asked that question and answered it. And, I mean, they even did the black the Black Adam role very well because like a, a more cynical Marvel way would have done it really cheap. But it's he he has to become a semi he has to become the champion of the people. He has to, literally the Rock becomes the people's champion. People's champion, because, I know. <laughs> yeah, because, because of like he doesn't the conduct needed that kind of, they needed someone to act unilaterally because they don't have a U.S. military. They don't have, and like I said, I'm not trying to get into the deep politics of it, but that's what it is. It's, it's yeah. neoliberal, neoliberal globalism versus old world monarchy. And it doesn't really say which one's right or wrong. It just kind of points out the flaws of both. And then the building block, where do you start from the, the personal responsibility and self-sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, man. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop there. No, no, no. You're good. You're good because that's <laughs> yeah. the thing is it comes off. It's portrayed as a uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock mm-hmm. popcorn action film. And it is. And it, but it, it's more. And it is. And it starts off. It's so good because I, I, I don't know if you noticed in the very beginning whenever the, the his son mm-hmm. was, you know, they found The Rock or whatever. Like the... the, yeah. the was it their universe? Was their version of Vibranium? What was um, it called? Uh, yeah, I got you. Eurotarium or some kind of some kind of anyway that that rare metal. Yeah. Anyways, um, they but they the, eternium. eternium eternium yes. But see, the Rock is is the father at the time, and you see him kind of turn his head, and I was like, yeah, that's the Rock. I was like, that's the that's the Rock. Yeah, I was like, that's the Rock. I was like, that's weird. Uh, like, and that, that I I noticed it, and I never got away from it. And in the end, when it shows his son. Mm-hmm die and give him the power to be black Adam. It just clicked. And I was just like, that's so good. That's so good. Mm -hmm. And he's, and, and they did again, borrowing from man of steel, 
the struggle mm-hmm. of a man trying to come to terms with, do I even want to be this? You know? Yeah. Like his nature in the movie is to just be vengeful and kill mm-hmm. everybody and then go and brood Batman style. Mm-hmm. But he's having to come to terms with, well, you know, to be a hero like my son was, I need to be the people's champion. But yeah. I, I wasn't the chosen one. And that's what the brooding mm-hmm. comes from. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I wasn't chosen. My son is sacrificed for me. Those are those are some of the problems that people bring up. The the, the movie answers like people will talk about this. Like, man, he's a guy from like six thousand years ago. Like, he has a worldview that we don't you don't have, and to be not chosen by the gods and then to still have the power and then you know you just killed your entire civilization and your son died for you. I mean, that's a massive weight. Like, that's a ridiculous weight. Yeah, and. I, I, he literally has a death and rebirth and a baptism, like all in one. Yeah, like he, yeah. He literally has a, a a a Christian resurrection to become the hero, and people call those or used to twenty years ago. People called those cheesy, but now we live in like a post biblical world where like twenty year olds have, don't even know like the Christian story, so they don't know to insult it. And that's what's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I mean, but that's what you're literally seeing. And that's what Snyder had too. Snyder, whether you're a Christian or not, doesn't matter whether you're religious or not. He knew old archetypes and he used them. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's something, his imagery and his, his Mm -hmm. cinematography of the, just the positioning of, of Superman in certain scenes Mm -hmm. where he is almost in the crucified position, you know, Mm -hmm. but just, and he's killed by a spear. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, like a like like the spear of Longinus or whatever, Longinus, uh, whatever you say. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. give me chill bones talking about this kind of stuff, man. That stuff gives me gives me <laughs> hype. That's one of the freaking reasons why I love it so much because he saw yeah. the parallel between Superman and Jesus, mm-hmm. and he used that. And so somebody like Wait. me, just like you were saying with yeah. with Black Adam, you sit back and you watch it, and the more you watch it, the more you find, the more things that are hidden in there. That's how, that's why I keep going back to these movies because the more I'm there, I'm like, oh, freaking dude, I didn't see that last time. That's I'm I'm Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. sitting there going, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, with people try to say Zack Snyder made him Jesus, it's like no, what he's showing is Superman is realizing I'm not that. You know, you can't carry that. Even as strong as I am, I can't bear the sins of the world and I can't bear all the stuff. And like, that's the whole thing. It's like, the, that's the greatest thing that he could possibly embody. And he can't. And that's where the brooding comes from. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no matter, you can die and be reborn. You're still not the savior of the world because the world still hates you. And because you're not a divine being, you're a super alien. You can't bear it because you don't have infinite love for all of humanity. Which you try to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hopping off of Man of Steel back into yeah. Black Adam. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to get to the post credit scene yet. I, mm-hmm. I do want to spend some time there. But I got to say, action-wise, this, this was such a fun film to watch. Dude, I could have so, watched him and, and Hawkman Hulk, just beat the crap out of each other forever. It was just, it was good. I, that's one of the things I love about the DC Universe in general it's a it's a bit of a love hate, probably eighty twenty. I love mm-hmm. how powerful their being beings are, so they can just beat on each other and do well, ultimate destruction, and nothing ever really comes of it. 
their fights have weight. Yeah. Unlike a unlike a lot of the in scale the the Marvel movies, yeah, in scale. Like people complain about the destruction in Man of Steel, but if you watch it, I think Superman only does one thing that destroys a building, and the rest of it is him fighting these guys who are just as strong as he is, and they are destroying everything. Mm-hmm. And of uh, it's just I don't know the way. I never forget the first time I saw Man of Steel. Like I didn't know how to feel about it, but I remember the, like those fight scenes were fantastic. Yeah. And then when I rewatch, I'm like, holy crap, how did he make CGI look this good? Like It still just, looks good. Yeah, it still looks great. Yeah, but Black Black Adam the same way, like every hit had weight. And another thing to not to go off on another tangent, but the the two young characters weren't annoying. <laughs> they were I will say they were used sparingly enough to where I didn't feel like they had the chance to get annoying, but they were also mm-hmm. so green as grass. That it was just yep. like, okay, you know, I don't necessarily know what their purpose was. I don't know outside of comic relief, if they weren't in the film, would the film have been any better or worse? I don't know. But yeah. I will say they were used as pieces to break the action just a little bit, mm-hmm. but they were far enough in the background to where it's not like, okay, this again, very, very Ant-Man yeah. style. Like they're Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man was my least favorite Marvel movie for a long time until Miss yeah. Marvel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and Ant-Man grew on me over time because to me it seemed Ouch. it seemed more silly and I was just like, oh, this is kind of kind of bad, but like I don't know. No, Ant-Man 2 was good. I mean, they're both I'm probably I'm probably a little biased because I loved uh, Ghost in it. I loved how she looked, and I loved the actress that played her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah she's good. I like her from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> I just I didn't love those movies. Yeah, I don't love Paul Rudd either. So it's kind of like yeah. for me, it's a I, I had zero investment in it, and it was better than mm-hmm. I expected. But like, it was like this is. A quality movie, and out of the yeah. well, some of them, this is like the bottom tier. Yeah, I'm definitely not seeing Quantumanium. Yeah, I'm, I'm Quantumanium, whatever. I'm, I think I'm. I done. don't care about. I don't care about Kang. Yeah, and like, why did? Here's my thing, man. We can do a whole video on this. <laughs> like, I don't know why Marvel keeps doing this, like growing. Yeah. When after thanos they should have what they should have done is cut everything and introduce mutants yes because they should have and it should have been like it could have been a a dimensional tear which i think is stupid no multiverse crap it should have been the stones have been used on earth three times now it's caused the mutation and boom and just start from there dude uh okay so i don't want to make our whole conversation about marvel but like yeah, <laughs> you know, I loved um, the most recent Spider-Man movie with all three Spider-Men in it. No way home. No way home. I couldn't think of it. But what's so frustrating is the entire premise was a drunken wizard got into an mm-hmm. argument with a nerdy teenager and then caused all mm-hmm. that. And it's just like, yeah, that was a very stupid, the plot, stupid so way to do it. The plot was so bad, but they knew they had so much gold on their hands. It didn't matter mm-hmm. what the plot was. People- but but here's the sad thing. Here's the sad thing. The best part of that movie is everything Sam Raimi did before 20 years yeah. ago. <laughs> I, I said that it, walking out of the theaters. This movie is only great because it just took everything done before and made it full circle. 
Mm -hmm. Literally, and they... And even the weird stuff with you know, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I think Amazing Spider-Man 1 is one of the greatest you know, Marvel it's films good. ever made. It's way better than I remember when I rewatched mm-hmm. it. And see, I think Andrew Garfield is an amazing Spider-Man. The, he plays the <laughs> he plays the, uh, loner, the loner skater kid, and that fits mm-hmm. that. To me, that fits like what a Peter Parker could and should be in a modern age. He was the most emotional one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just like and he just worked. And don't get me wrong, I <laughs> was funny. I saw a meme. It was him talking to uh, the Tobey Maguire one, uh-huh. and Andrew Garfield was like, "I had a girlfriend named Gwen," and Tobey Maguire said, "I did too," and Andrew Garfield said, "She she got thrown off of a roof." And Toby McGuire said, mine did too, but I saved her. And Andrew Garfield looks at him and Toby McGuire goes, oh, you can't do that, can you? <laughs> <laughs> that was the scene, the web shooter yeah, scene or whatever. That's so funny. And that, 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 whole, that whole thing, that whole interaction between them was essentially mm-hmm. a meme brought to life, you know? Yeah. And that was so good. And again, that fixed that whole just abysmal plot hole. It's just like, this is, mm-hmm. I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh. The thing I hate the most about um, Tom Holland is the, oh, Mr. Stark, oh, Mr. Stark, oh my gosh, I'm just such a nerdy mm-hmm. little Peter Parker, Mr. Stark. It drives me insane. I can't. I, He's like Mor- Morty from Rick and Morty. Yes. <laughs> it drives me nuts. And then they did that. I'm like, oh gosh, it's happening. It's happening again. Here we are. Oh, oh, Mr. Strange. Oh, no. I, 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 I need my girlfriends and my grades. I need to go to college together. I'm like, I'm, I'm freaking Spider-Man, but I just want to be pretend. I, he was driving me nuts. And then, though, hey, he does mm-hmm. that little nerdy, nasally, super fast talking thing. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, here we are. This is really good. The first half of the movie, just get it out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I'm not here to bag on, on Marvel. No. I'm here to praise but, Black Adam for being a really good yeah, film. Yeah, Black Adam, I think, could have been the first. I think it, I could. Have, I think it could have been the prototype of a whole new era of DC. Like I thought, it was so good. Like I don't know, man. I think if you were going to relaunch DC, that was a that was great a good, way to that do it. Been a way to go in, yeah. And it's yeah, it was like Morbius. Not to bring it in, but like Morbius wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't great. But it's like Black Adam and that, like the internet just ruined them. Like they just <laughs> made fun of it so much. But like, and it's like, man, if you sit down and watch Black Adam with some popcorn, you're not going to be disappointed. No, definitely, not. <laughs> dude. And I actually really liked Morbius. <laughs> I did too. I thought it was better than most of the Marvel I stuff. Hundred percent agree. And I get made fun of for that because most people didn't watch Morbius, so they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Morbid time. And I think that that movie was really well done. Granted, the last boss fight. You know, the last, you know, the kind of conclusion yeah. it was left a lot to be desired, but the struggle between him and his friend and mm-hmm. his friend inheriting those same characteristics mm-hmm. and traits and then using it for, to be vain and to self, you know, fulfill it. I just, it was, that was a really good dynamic between the two, you know? And then like, I, I think that Jared Leto is a really good actor personally. So I think he did a good job as Morbius. I think he looked great as Morbius and did I it. I think he, I don't know. I can't, I mean, I guess there's parts of it that weren't great, but I mean, to me, it was like a solid seven out of 10 yeah. for a comic book movie. Which I'm all for a, good, a nice seven. Yeah. I mean, I, that's my favorite but, games are sevens. 
<laughs> Gotham Knights is one of them. This game is it's got some flaws. Oh, I love it. The other, the other thing, Black Adam. I couldn't find anything that looked bad, like any of the CGI, because and The Rock was he even went on record with saying that he made sure they use like VFX for most of the stuff, and it looks like it. It looks fantastic. Yeah, dude. Like I don't, I can't. I think people dog it just because they haven't seen it. Yeah, I think I agree with that, and I th- I think that. It's unfortunate because this movie didn't make a ton of money and Mm -hmm. it's not going to get a sequel. And this would have been a great setup for a trilogy. And Mm -hmm. in my opinion, the trilogy should have gone like this. Black Adam, Black Adam Shazam, Black Adam Shazam Superman. Yeah, I think what they should have done is movie two. I think Amanda Waller should have conscripted Shazam. Because she wouldn't know who he is by now. He's just a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. That's who she could be. And that would really show how devious she is, is basically blackmailed this kid to go fight Black Adam. Because, um, I mean, I don't know if, if Superman would do it or not, because they kind of leave that up in the air with the, the, the last scene, you know? Yeah. Which was perfect. It was, it was but such yeah. a good... It, Dan, and that's the part that makes me so mad because the the end credit scene was so perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it just left it wide open. You could have gone anywhere. The music score was a mm-hmm. traditional Superman score, modernized. His suit was a traditional take with the modern, you know what I'm saying, upgrade. <laughs> Like it was Henry freaking Cavill, ours, the Superman, in my opinion. Yeah, the only Superman, the Superman, and it was just like, hey, we need to talk. And I'm like, yep. I'm like, ah, I just wanted to freaking scream because it was like this should have been the moment that made me pop. Like this is so amazing, but internally I was just like, I'm so dead inside because you take you took this away from me before I had a chance to really enjoy it. The- the best i really think i mean it's it's a great origin story for black adam and the moment the rock to me became black adam in that movie was when he looks at amanda waller and says send them all yes. <laughs> yes. i was like dude that yeah that's a black adam that's a black adam line yeah. and then superman shows up and he doesn't flinch and like yep that's black adam yeah yeah <laughs> it just it's so it's so frustrating because we've been robbed, you know, like we've been robbed. Yep. Like they should have never put it in there. They should have never let it out. And if they, the fact they changed their mind two months later, like, I mean, they had, they didn't know. They had no idea what was going to happen. That's, I think they're so incompetent because Warner brothers controls everything they do. And who owns doesn't somebody own Warner brothers now? Discovery just bought it's, them from AT&T. Yeah. yeah. I think they had no idea. I think they probably were just going with the rock, working with him. I think James Gunn is just a puppet. I don't think that guy has much say in anything. I think he just has to go back to the to the the share owners, whatever they are, and be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're doing everything. We're doing everything." Yeah, because <laughs> it's frustrating. I, I don't know. I'm not. Ex- I'm not excited about James Gunn. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Man, I didn't see the Suicide Squad. Maybe I should, but I, I don't care. I don't care to see a bunch of villains murder a bunch of people and laugh about it. It. it, it that's <laughs> what it is. It's so. Did you watch Peacemaker? No, I mean, I, here's the thing. I love The Rock, and I love John Cena, and I love uh, Batista, because you know, for this simple reason, wrestlers have eaten crap for so long. They know how to please fans better than anybody. Yeah. They will do anything 
for fan approval. They don't care about critics. They don't care about numbers. They don't care about any of that because those guys, those are the guys that will spend 10 years breaking their backs in a ring to get one shot mm-hmm. at a title belt. So I have the utmost respect for act for wrestlers turn actors, even if they're not good, because I know what those dudes will go through to please the fans. And they anyway, not to go off on a tangent, but yeah. But but to say all that, I haven't seen Peacemaker. No. So I I'll put it like this: I highly recommend the Suicide Squad first, then watch Peacemaker. It nothing else. Yeah. You'll laugh. There's some yeah. good action, and John Cena slays the role mm-hmm. of Peacemaker. He said that they said be a Captain America, but a douchebag. And he is that. <laughs> it's so good. The problem is this. Suicide Squad itself, the Suicide Squad, it's not a terrible movie. It's actually a pretty good movie, I think. It's a good rated R DC film that's got James Gunn's hor- uh, um, uh, humor in it. A ton of the villains die. And it's just a fun, it's a fun watch. Mm-hmm. And Idris Elba and John Cena together is, it's gold. It's just really, that's really good. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, it's just, it's a good movie. I think it's better than the, the original Suicide Squad we got, because mm-hmm. that is a, that's the, first, that's the only movie I walked out of ever. It's an incoherent first mess, one. you know, mm-hmm. but the promise we keep getting is that David Ayer's version of it was different and mm-hmm. better. That first trailer with Harley Quinn, and it was like Bohemian Rhapsody, whatever the song was playing over mm-hmm. it, that looked terrifying and amazing and awesome. And that's what made me want to go see it. And then they started putting out more trailers, and they, it looks worse and worse. And then I saw that movie, and I chose pizza over that movie. <laughs> it was like halfway done, and my wife and I were like, let's just get out of this crap. Let's just go eat some pizza. The movie lost all of its resonance for me after the first 15 or so minutes whenever the Batman mm-hmm. chase with Joker ha- is done. I'm like, yeah. well, that's... I think, I think what should have been the plot of that movie was the Suicide Squad is conscripted to kill the Joker. Yeah. From Amanda, from Amanda Wallace. And then, of course, it all goes downhill. And I don't know what the Joker was supposed to be in that film. I don't know what any of that film... And for some reason, they used the witch as like the main film. And see, <laughs> so this is what I heard and from... I used, to, I used to be so deep into the weeds on the Snyderverse stuff. And a lot mm-hmm. of the reports coming out were originally they were going to use Steppenwolf as the bad guy. And nice. then the the studio made him change it because Zack Snyder was using Steppenwolf. Well, yeah, and you couldn't have those guys couldn't fight Steppenwolf. Well, and, and the, the thing was that like I I don't know I just that was supposed to be the thing. So then if you watch the Suicide Squad movie, it's like they don't even have a bad guy. Like mm-hmm. the 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 Suicide Squad is put together for no reason. You know, like it, it, it's just, it starts off at, at this weird pace. It's like, wait, why? Why are we doing, mm-hmm. why are we putting together Task Force X? There's no, there's no threat. There's no reason, mm-hmm. you know? And there, it could, I think it could have been a good movie and I would love to see the air cut. I doubt we'll get it now, mm-hmm. but I think at one point in time we were looking like we might've gotten it because the, the, the Snyder cut was such a big deal. And who knows, maybe one day, but I say all this. It's worth watching. I say go. I I would encourage you watch it. Then watch Peacemaker. Peacemaker's hilarious. It's vulgar, and mm-hmm. it's crude. And John Cena does such a really good job of just being John Cena with a gun. Yeah, 
And if nothing else, you need to watch the opening credits because the intro is hilarious. Like the actual intro of every episode is is really funny. Yeah. But um, it, the CG is really good in it. Like the actual premise of what's going on is awesome. And then even the slapstick nature on the social political things that were happening. It's funny. You know, like the way that there's a line in there. Because, of course, you know, this came out. It just seems like everything, everyone's rushing to check all the boxes for all the different archetypes, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lesbian character in there, and her and John Cena are having, like, she went to go show a picture to him, and she shows a picture of her wife's vagina. And he's like, oh, no, I didn't mean to do that, or whatever. And, and then, and he was, yeah. So it comes out that she's a, this, she's a lesbian, and he says he's, a, he's an ally. And she's like, just because you watch two women on a porn doesn't mean that you're an ally. And he's like, I got 400 gigs of, uh, he's like, I got 400 something gigs on my computer that says otherwise. <laughs> and it's just like, it's the dumb jokes, but it's like they took, they took the social political stuff and they put it in there it on its head and they, and they, and they do it in a really funny way that like, it's, there's this, like I say all the time on the show, there's good writing and there's bad writing. And this was really good writing. Like, it's just well done. And there's so many times, like, his dad is this, they would go reach really deep into the annals of the DC universe and pull out some Mm -hmm. uh, white supremacist villain. And his dad's this white supremacist villain. And so, like, he's catching heat because they're like, your dad's a racist. And he's like, I hate my dad. And he's just this whole, and so they focus on all the father, the issues he has with his dad. And he's always trying to please his dad, but his dad's the leader of the Aryan nation and all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> they did what everyone else was doing. They took all the racial stuff and they put it in there, but they wove it all together in a really mm-hmm. good way where it's like, okay, yeah, you took your white supremacist bad guy and you put him out there. They're like, Ooh, everyone's doing this right now. But it was funny. And the way they did it was good, and they really made you hate the guy. Now that you know, there's a lot of reasons to hate the guy, but he's a freaking douche. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And and just the 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 struggle between him and John Cena as their relationship and how they have to interact with each other, it's just it's it was really well done, and well, it makes me laugh. With so. I'll, I'll check it out, but but I, I gotta express this thought. The problem isn't only that we lost the Snyderverse and the Nightmareverse, which would have oh, been fantastic. Yes. I mean, my God, what could have been better than seeing Superman fight Darkseid? And, and then James going to come in and be like, oh, what if we saw Clark Kent as a reporter? What if we saw him fight Darkseid instead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, there, I could have seen Ben Affleck fight Darkseid, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> ben Affleck was supposed to die to Darkseid <laughs> yep. in film five. Yep. And how great would that have Lois been? Lois Lane was supposed to be killed by Darkseid. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. I'm going to go back off tangent. People watch it and think, Superman goes evil because Lois does. Like, no, Superman goes evil because of the anti-life equation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Anyway, um, it's, it's not that we just lost that. But we lost all the potential that was going to come from it. Man, imagine a... Deathstroke movie directed by the guy who made the raid. Yes, yes. Wouldn't that have been the greatest thing ever? Made? Not only that, but did you see the uh, the CG mock up of the fight scene that they were supposed to have? Mm-hmm. That was so cool. I was like, imagine Death. We could have seen Deathstroke fighting Batman on screen. Yeah, 
with we're not getting that in the warehouse fight on Batman versus mm-hmm. Superman is one of the oh my gosh best fight scenes. All right, I'm gonna go into this. <laughs> I gotta go to bed soon. But who does Batman kill in that movie? I mean, he doesn't kill anybody. Th- it's implied that he killed people because there's the dude that gets blown up with a grenade. But technically, yeah, but he didn't do that. Technically, he he did that himself. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the guys that were in the car that like, or that he was shooting all the rubber bullets at. Um, there's, I mean, I get the whole thing that he's like being more brutal, but it it always seemed to me more like Dark Knight Returns than it was like murder. I didn't see him murder anybody. Like, <laughs> and and that's the thing is like, if you look, every single Batman has killed people. Um. As a matter of fact, there's a... In the same way, because like he left Rise Al Ghul and Batman Begins. He said, I don't have to save you. Yeah. What's funny is um, there's a there was a, a website that was keeping up. It was like a Batman body count. And Michael mm-hmm. Keaton has killed more ba- more people than any other Batman. But yet he's praised as the Batman. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy. But either way, I, that fight, though... Where he grabs that dude and freaking scorpions him, like mm. oh my gosh, that was just so it was so good that but we could have had that versus Deathstroke. We could have had two yep. potentially two people that can fight the same going mm. at it. Like we we just you know, and like you're saying the nightmare verse, the promise. I mean, Superman stuck his hand through Batman's chest in the nightmare. Yeah, like. And we're not going to get that anymore. Like that, that that kills me. Yeah, we're not getting anything like that. We're not getting anything that ambitious because it's too, it's too scary for producers and stuff to think about. Yeah. Executives, they don't want to do anything ambitious. Could you imagine right now trying to pitch, you know, something like that at following how that whole ordeal went down? I'd be, I don't know, I'd be terrified, but I, I mean. You're not. You're going to get more safe stuff. You're going to get more cookie cutter Marvel popcorn films, and you know I think that you're going to get. Uh, Black Adam wasn't popcorn enough. You know, uh, Aquaman mm-hmm. wasn't popcorn enough. So I think that uh, I think what's going to happen is from here on out we're going to get through the Flash. We're going to get this complete reboot, and then the next universe will be unrecognizable. Hmm. It won't be cool. No. And he, and now James Gunn just said the other day, and I don't know how much he's doing to troll people, but he's going to bring over the Guardians of the Galaxy ca- uh, cast and put them in. He wants to work them into his DC universe. So I got to have Chris, what, Chris Pratt going to be uh, uh, Clark Kent. Booster Gold. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, that might not be bad, actually. The only thing I remember from Booster Gold is the death of Superman, where he barely gets his shield up in time before Doomsday throws him into outer space. Or yeah. something. Oh, you know, you know what we could get? What was uh, what was that other Green Lantern? Not Hal Jordan, but the other guy. Oh no, no Guy Guy Gardner. Gardner. Yeah, we could have Chris Pratt as Guy Gardner. No, <laughs> he's he's too cool of a he's too nice of a guy to be Guy Gardner. Oh, uh, we have Chris Pratt as Guy Gardner got the crap beat out of him by Doomsday too. Did. I remember that. He did. So. He got his head slammed in a car door. <laughs> <laughs> well, just he had it coming. It's going to happen. Chris Pratt is going to be in the DC universe. I mean, hell, that might even be our next. Uh, that might be our next Batman. I, mean, I don't mind Chris Pratt, but I don't want to see him in the DC universe at all. No, he's, he's going to. It's a me. He's just got a goofy face. It's me, Mario. <laughs> he didn't even do that. Nope. <laughs> 
All right, Dan. I, but no, I, I've kept you. No, I was just going to say, I, I can't recommend, and maybe it's my dad movie, but I can't recommend Black Adam enough. I agree. It's on, I, I wish I could show you my screen up here. I've got, um, yeah. on. I cleaned out my entire, my watch list or my, my list or whatever of, mm-hmm. of on HBO Max. And it is now Man of Steel, BVS, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Black Adam. I used to yep. have Aquaman and I used to have Shazam on there, but I actually removed those two and I've just kept those four. That's my, that's my watch list uh, yep. on there currently. And I had the original, you know, the first Wonder Woman movie. Wonder Woman 84 sucked. Yeah, it was bad. Was trash. That was such a terrible movie. <laughs> Pedro Pascal is such a, Pascal. Yeah, he's a great actor and I, I, I came and watched it. And, and um, what's her face? Kristen Wiig as Cheetah was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great cast. It was, but this the whole movie sucked. <laughs> it just yeah, and it was super long. It was way too long, and then the CG was terrible. Yeah, you know, grabbing lightning with your that was really weird. What a ter- that was what a, a weird. Like, I don't know. There was so much, so much trash in that movie. It was hard to keep up yeah. with. And then apparently the third one that they scrapped. She was gonna bring back that guy again, like her love interest, for like a third time. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, I'll let you go, no, man. I was, but yeah, I was just gonna say I've kept it. you for an hour and now forty minutes of recording time, two hours total almost since we've been together. And you just came off of another podcast, so I was I was gonna give you an out because if not, I'll keep running my mouth. Yeah, I need to go to sleep. Yeah, so, well, Dan, I appreciate your time. Oh, before we get out of here, what's going on with Godfrey Universe? What are you working on? What's your timelines looking like? Is there anything you want to push real fast? Oh, yeah. The graphic novel's coming out this spring. Josh is, of course, on schedule because he's Josh. He's, he's amazing. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. I'm putting up six videos a week, and that varies from podcasts to uh like reviews to insight kind of stories and kind of stuff like that. Uh, you and I are launching the lamentations. I would, I would highly encourage people to go to godforuniverse.com and read the lamentations, sign up on our mailing list and we send you stuff every week. I mean, we're we're just gonna have a lot coming out. My, my buddy's living with me right now. We're making short films. Thank you. I mean, this year we're putting out two graphic novels, several short films, uh, continuations of like the limitations type stuff. I mean, this is the year we get this thing off the ground. Like, yes, this is a really cool time. I mean, we might even release a novel. The novel's been done for two years. We might release a, a full length, 300 page novel. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah, but go subscribe to the YouTube stuff. Go get on the mailing list. Cause I am sending stuff out all the time. I just want to create art and send it to people <laughs> well something that you and i have been working on in the background is uh again setting up at the sc horror con together uh i'm mm-hmm. trying to see if i can get us a panel not even just our booth but a panel uh nice. being that it's south carolina it's horror you and i both like you know all those things south carolina and horror <laughs> because they are yeah synonymous <laughs> but uh I, I was i'm gonna pitch the idea of us doing like a top 10 Maybe a top 10 in horror games, top 10 in horror um, in general, top 10 movies, whatever. I figured you know, we could get away with something like that. 
I don't know mm-hmm. if they'll accept the panel, but we'll see. I'm going to try. Uh, but at the, at the very least, I'm going to try to have us up there, you know, get us a booth. We'll have Godfo Universe up there stuff. We'll have Loot Bros stuff up there and we'll at least get to mingle with a bunch of people. There's also the SC Comic Con in April and, um, mm-hmm. and Eastman's going to be there. So I, I'm gonna I'm reach out. I didn't, I don't know that there's, I don't know that maybe they're booked. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't, haven't talked to them yet. I'm gonna try to get on over there and, and uh, one of our own, you know, uh, Zach, he's going to be doing Missouri Comic Con. He's doing a 30 to 45 minute panel. And it's going to nice. be, uh, he's going to be covering building a podcast, building a community with your podcast. So that's mm-hmm. going to be his topic. He and I are working on that currently. And um, I think that's going to be our next leg of the Loot Bros is going to the cons. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I figured if, uh, especially the ones here in South Carolina, there's no excuse. There's no reason why you guys and myself shouldn't be, you know, at least splitting the, the, the cost of admission mm-hmm. and getting in there together. You know, we all I mean, get along. We, got stuff and to, we all got plenty to talk we got about. stuff to do, man. Yeah. I'm going to text you at seven fifty. Do it. Do it. <laughs> tell you I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> do it so, yeah um but yes dan thank you so much for coming on here man i really appreciate your time i'm glad we finally got to talk black adam um yeah yeah it's unfortunate man if i would have watched it a week or two sooner like you asked me to i would have had a total different experience but i had my my heart broken before i went in and i still enjoyed it i still enjoyed the movie that's, that's, a, that's a testament to it i highly recommend it i think it's a great film and just like you said, there's levels to it that are deeper if you'll allow it to present mm-hmm. itself to you. If not, it's a good popcorn film and go have a good time. Yeah, well, enjoy the figures, man. I'm glad they Dude, came you're in. the man. And you know what? I'm going to show you. So when I opened it up, the first one that rolled out was the Talon from Court of Owls. Nice. And not only is that super cool, did I not have this one, but the Court of Owls plays a huge role in... Gotham Knights. And and in fact, oh, cool. Scott Snyder sat in with them to kind of help them flesh out the Court of Owls story arcs in there. So that has been one of the coolest parts of the game. That these are my some of my favorite stories told in DC in recent years. And the fact that this was the first figure that popped out, I was like, dude, it's like this is how does he know me so well? <laughs> that was extremely kind of you, and I really appreciate it. So, yeah, man. So definitely. Thank you so much for that. So, yes, guys, Loot Bros Podcast, Godfo Universe. I'll put links mm-hmm. to the Godfo YouTube and all that good stuff in the uh, in the description. You guys leave Dan Thank some you. love, leave some comments, go check them out, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to this on YouTube, go check out Godfo. And uh, I listen to Godfo every week. There's no reason why you guys shouldn't. <laughs> and I listen to the Loot Brothers. So, um, there I'm we sorry. go. <laughs> Dan, you have a good night. This has been the Loot Bros Podcast, and we're out of here. All right, guys, I want to get on here and give a little update. Since Dan and I have spoken, our panel for the SC Horrorcom has been accepted, and our vendor spots have also been accepted. So, uh, one of the two places we have applied to to set up and meet. Fans, meet friends, meet people, sell video games, uh, sell comic books, you know, all those good things have been accepted. And Dan and I will be doing a panel uh, on horror in video games. So we'll be talking about 
uh, some of the greatest horror games, some of the, the movie inspirations of them, how horror works in video games. So we are super, super excited. Uh, come join us September 16th through the 17th uh, at the SC HorrorCon. Uh, so now I'm going to patch in two things, guys. You got two things. You have the uh, backlog beatdown update. Dan had to step away from the microphone when we were doing the show. So I slid in the leaderboards earlier. I'm going to do the, I'm going to patch in the backlog beatdown updates. And then I'm also going to patch in the trophy rarity event updates from Gaz. So thank you guys so much for listening to the show. And we look forward to seeing you at SC HorrorCon. Man, you guys are freaking killing the game. So in first place, we got I'm styling on you, bro, with 41 points. Freaking nasty. We got Mark Duplex with 26 points. We got Diego with 22 points. Redbeer Rick with 15. Kalai with 10. Look at that. Uh, we got Alex with 9. JT, the commish, with 9. We've got CJ, the affectatious donk, with 8. We got Gaz with 8. We got the bearded nerd with six. We got James the nerd with five. Sadik with five. We got Resident Daryl with four. Dino Killer with four. Game Squat with four. We got Departed 570 with three. We got I Yield to No One with three. We got Sid with three. We got Jared with two. And Noah the Builder with two. Not a bad run for the first 26 days as of this recording in January. So definitely want to give you guys a shout out. Appreciate you guys for freaking coming in here and knocking this stuff out week after week. Do your thing. Keep killing it. And we'll keep updating everything. Now that's a collaboration. Welcome back to another edition of the rarity update where we try to answer life's important questions such as will Zach ever find his PS4 power cable or tricky play a proper game in 2023 and how much extra spam can CJ get from the DualSense Edge. Um, I hope everyone is enjoying the competition and the dates. Um, apologies for having to listen to my voice. It's not a voice that's really uh, suited for radio or podcasts it's it's my face that is pro- probably better suited for that but um yeah without further ado let's uh let's get into the update so as per usual we'll start at the bottom um 24 people in it everyone's had an update by now well most people um apart from the person who's in last which is the bearded nerd, Zach, 24th place, yet to score a point, yet to earn a trophy in 2023. So uh, hopefully Zach's all right. Um, someone might want to put the feelers out for him to see if he's alive. Um, sure he is, but yeah, come on, Zach, let's pull your finger out of that. Um, 23rd place is Darth Knight. Um, requested entry uh, on about January the 3rd. Hasn't earned a trophy since January the 1st. So, yeah, okay, moving on. So, but he's on three points. His legacy points have helped him out a bit. 22nd place is Kalai. She had a weekly increase of three points. Again, not through earning a trophy this week. Um, so, 
from Legacy Trophies, and she is now on a total of five points. Tross0726 is up into 22nd place, 21st place, I should say, um, on eight points. And he is looks like he's tr going for the platinum in uh, Guidance of the Galaxy. He's on eight points, seven point increase this week. Departed 570, another late entrant. I believe he's been on a holiday this week in Florida. So uh, he'll be looking to make moves at the table. Um, he's on nine points, a point ahead of Tross, doing a bit of Tales from the Borderlands. I mean, the next one, 20th place, tricky mix, 15 points this, this week, 26 in total, but we still, we still haven't got a rarer trophy than 88.31%. His rarest trophy this week was in a game that takes three minutes to plat, looking at the fastest achievers on PSN profiles, Kruger 2, it was a 95.1%, and that was his rarest trophy of the week. Um, interestingly, he's uh, passed the 7,000 common trophies um, increase since we started this competition. So um, about time he played a, a proper game, I think. Next up in 19th place is Diego, who is his first full week of, of doing it, um, moved up uh, onto 30 points, a 29 point increase. Um, looks like mainly doing Nobody Saves the World and has earned the platinum in there. Then we've got The Brain, 76 is next, uh, on 10 point increase from that, on 40 points. Uh, playing a game I'm not familiar with, Trail Makers. And above him is Stink Palm, only a couple of points ahead on 42, 42 points. Um, and his rarest trophy of this week was uh, Hidden Talent in Among Us. Um, Home Against Duft is in 15th place. And he, again, it's all quite tight between those three. He's on 52 points. Um, and he's been playing, he's gone old school, a bit of infamous on the PS3. Good game. Um, and then we have a little jump up to the next group of mid-table uh, mediocrity. Um, Sadek is on 78 points in 14th place um, and has been rarest trophy this week was uh, daily routine in Warhammer Chaos Bane, 16.53%. One place below Resident Daryl, who's he had a slow week this week, only a six point increase, but he's on eight, 80 points. Um, rarest trophy in Dead Space 2 this week, and the rivalry between him and MZ continues as MZ has overtaken him. Um, thanks to his 21 point score this week, and is now on three points ahead of him on 83 points. Uh, doing a bit of Mafia 2, which I think he was doing, he has been doing uh, since the contest started. Um, next up, there's another little gap up to, up to Joe, and Joe is in 11th place, and this is where we start with the, everyone, has, everyone from above this mark has 
got into triple figures, so they've, they've broken the 100-point mark. So Joe is in 11th place on 112 points, a weekly increase of 18. Mm, playing a game I'm not familiar with. Um, sounds a little bit dodgy, I think, because when I looked at the uh, the trophies, it was I couldn't even read it. It was all in Japanese, and it's called Schoolgirl Zombie Hunter. And I've written God knows on the on the spreadsheet for those I look and that's not actually the name of the trophy. That is just because I'm not uh, literate when it comes to uh, Japanese uh, symbols. So uh, yeah, no idea what it means. But that's his rarest. Um, next up in tenth is Yield. He's still maintained in the top ten at 130 points. There isn't actually too much movement between the uh, places in the top 10 a couple, a couple of play, people have jumped up he's his rarest was in still in the final station brandon story at 7.87 percent and he is only one point behind the commissioner jt who has gone on a bit of a spree um was trying to with securing ultra rares no no Mainly, largely thanks to uh, Team Sonic Racing. So he's had a he's had nine ultra rare increase since the competition started, and his rarest trophy of the week is also the rarest of his of his the uh, of the year, which is three point two nine percent. So the platinum in that's so well done to JT. There's a fifteen point gap between JT and Corey, uh, the grounded gamer. So he's. Uh, you remember last week he had a 111 point weekly increase. It was slightly, it was lower this week, fairly moderate uh, at 39 points, but that puts him on to 150 points. And his rarest trophy was again a game that was um, rare last week for him, which was Arcade Ageddon. And that was in for ne- Nexu Wizard, which is for winning 25 BP matches. Um, Next up from that is Marky Fraser. So he's on 167 points. Again, a fairly uh, modest 23-point increase. But he did secure the platinum in MotoGP 22. Um, the King of Spam is next. Affectatious Donk. A little bit of an increase. He is up to 182 points. And a, a good weekly increase of 74. Um Again, a game I'm not too familiar with is Metal Tails Overkill at 15.09% was his rarest. Um, and then we have a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a jumper because we actually then move into the 200s. Um, so CJ on 182. And then we go into fifth place, which is Alex on 256 points. Uh, 59 point this week. And the rarest trophy is an Axiom Verge 2, which was uh, one of PlayStation Plus's giveaways, monthly giveaways uh, for January. So Alex has dropped, but uh, I'll come on to that in a moment. Another person who's dropped is myself. Um, Despite scoring 60 points this week, I'm on 259, so I've increased my lead over Alex by a single point. So with only three points separating us now, and... uh, my rarest trophy was in Dangerous Golf at 3.48%, which is actually my rarest uh, of the year so far. Top three. I was displaced in the top three by 
Meese goats a lot. So he had a 189-point weekly increase, which um, I know Dupes did a, had a really high in the 200s last week, but it's looking through the games that uh, that Meese goats lot played. A lot of them are older games, so they are do represent a truer value um, because the movement shouldn't be as great as what um, would be in dupes, which we'll come on to in a moment. So, yeah, he had a 189-point increase, which takes him into, into third place on 304 points uh, with his rarest trophy in Injustice 2. Dupes actually drops. So we've got a new leader. Dupes drops down to second place. His ultra-rares last week were at 56, which was a 16... Um, point increase from his uh, his base count that's actually dropped by 10 um obviously the as we as I sort of alluded to on the update last week is we've suspected that that would happen because of how new the game he was playing persona 4 golden was uh, and yeah that has happened so he's dropped 10 ultra rares um albeit a lot of those have moved into very rares but um, because of that drop, it meant that he only had a 22-point uh, increase this week. But it's still on 310 points, so still excellent scoring from Dupes there. Which means the new leader is Redbeard Rick, who has had another 100-plus week uh, and is leading the way on 334 points, 117 points this week. Um, again, a game that he was playing last week is his rarest trophy, which is 60 seconds at 2.96%. So moving on to the rarest trophies of the week, and we'll start in reverse order. So in five is Nexu Wizard in Arcade Ageddon, achieved by Corey, and that was for winning 25 PvP matches. In fourth, it was Unlucky, Break 70 Mirrors in Dangerous Golf, achieved by myself. JT comes in at three for his platinum in Sonic Team Racing at 3.29%. Teamwork makes the dream work. At number two is Rick, who achieved the trophy Danger Zone in 60 seconds, which was a 2.96% rarity. And that was for break or use everything in your shelter. And the number one rarest trophy, again, we may see this subject to. Um, Increasing in um, popularity, therefore reducing the, the rareness of it. But dupes with the truth in your hands in Persona 4 Golden at 2.40%, which defeat is an army. Whoever is an army is, I don't know. But uh, yeah, well done on defeating them. Um, so, what that changes make to the rarest trophies of the contest so far is there was a couple of dropout. We had uh, the platinum trophy that I had achieved on Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, and that was so I'll go through at number 5 what so we now to get into this you need a to get into the top 5 rarest trophies of the whole contest you need to be rarer than 3.29% which is the 5th trophy which is JT's Sonic Team Racing Platinum Rick is in at 2.96% for, for his one he achieved this week in 60 seconds, Danger Zone. 
Marky Fraser is still in there with his, I believe, in a higher power Gems of War at 2.92. We have Dupes for his trophy this week in Persona 4 Golden at 2.40, which actually means Yield's Deep Rock Galactic trophy at 1.15% is now back up as the rarest trophy of the competition. So, uh, word to everybody there. Um, the last thing I'll do, I just want to, I thought I'd introduce this and maybe do this each week, is just a uh, give everybody who has achieved a legitimate pass. I'm not reading out spam crap, uh, the jumping cabbage or whatever. But uh, yeah, so these, although I've sort of, I have included, to be fair, I've included Trickies and, and Daryl's, which are uh, contentious to say the least. But, uh, but yeah, I will include him for this week and we'll see. Um, so, yeah, so we're into the following. So Tricky, I'll do it in order of the rarity. So Tricky achieved the Platinum in Kruger 2 at 95.10%. Probably not even worth a mention, actually, I should, in hindsight. Daryl has achieved a platinum in Red Bow, um, Rattle Like a Game, 89.41. I included that because he has been doing that over a, over a couple of weeks rather than spamming it in 90 seconds. Um, then you've got the next rarest is Mies Goats a lot, who achieved the platinum in Trine 4. So well done to you on that one. Um, Yield achieved platinum this week at... In Bug Snacks, which is a game I enjoyed, I have, I've got the platinum in that, and that's at thirty-eight point four five percent. Diego got the platinum in Nobody Saves the World at thirty-one point four five. So well done to Diego. Um, then there's a bit of a drop. The next rarest is Mark Fraser. Finally got the platinum in MotoGP twenty-two, um, a game I'll, I'll be checking out at some point. Fourteen point two seven percent. Uh, Alex got the Platinum Biomutant, again, one of um, January's PS Plus games, so if you want to check that out, by all accounts, pretty, pretty good. Um, Rick got the Platinum in Streets of Rogue, um, which I think he's pledged Zach to be doing um, on the show, obviously not on the PlayStation, by the looks of it. So well done to Rick. Uh, two more to go, which is myself but i don't need to congratulate myself but i did get the platinum in golf with your friends good game anybody who hasn't tried it it's, it's well worth playing especially if you've got uh kids or family you want to play or friends you want to play you can do it online well worth playing uh really enjoyable and finally jt for team sonic racing uh, which I already mentioned at 3.29 percent so that is your update um again fairly similar time i hope you all enjoying the competition i'm i'm certainly enjoying it um i'm finding that with this combined with the battle beatdown um i'm thinking about games i'm thinking about what i want to play um not necessarily just going for trophies or the rarest trophies i'm trying to mix it mix it up and match and, and see what i want to play and where i can score points but yeah, they seem, I'm enjoying seeing sort of the banter, the camaraderie. Um, and yeah, I, I certainly think it's going well. But um, 
yeah, keep doing your things, keep earning trophies, keep playing games, keep the banter upon Facebook um, and in Discord. But um, yeah, until next week, take care and thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Let's play, convincing yourself that it's